0: for another record space on web 3 starter pack special editions today's special edition is talking about uh, DeFi and micro publishing with the creators and today's special guest is Scoby social because we're trying to solve the problem of content creations and ownerships and self sovereignty and yada 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 and where we're gonna go after Twitter actually self implodes just kidding
1: what's going on everybody my name is Sigoni. So, well, um, uh, so we have two speakers. Up, we got Moto, and we got Wag D, or who is a good doggy. I like that; it's kind of cool. Uh, maybe we can get a brief little intro, so I, uh, so I know who I'm talking to. While I look for a charger for my girlfriend, who's about to go see her mom, so I'm buying some times, basically what I'm doing.
0: I appreciate you coming up here, Sagoni. And uh, I did a quick introduction of what this space is. Basically, a little quote-unquote is just saying, uh, let's unpack this together, special edition, Web3. Obviously, it's the starter pack, so this is an introduction for people that are just coming upon this podcast recording and not knowing what the crypto space is. A lot of people tend to use little buzzwords here and there. So we're going to take it slow and easy talking about what problems that we're trying to solve as content creators, uh, which anybody that writes using social media, we end up writing little things here and there, such as Twitter, we have little tweets or Facebook, we write what's happening for a day and so forth at the moment's notice. But we're using platforms that we don't Own and we're having user agreements off of that platform and company's current licenses. And one of the things I found very unique about Scoby Social is the problems that they're trying to solve are utilizing blockchain for trying to create make it so we all have some form of self-sovereignty. And I love the fact that Scoby Social has created open source code. And we have two special guests here, which is Robert, who is also the co-host. Um, a.k.a. Hex, which is one of his character names. We'll talk later about your Hellbender's Park portion of it. in Moto, I hope I'm saying it right, but uh, Moto, you have not given your uh, introduction yet.
2: Sure, I'll hop on, and you got the name right. It's Moto. Um, I used to be called Moto Dave. Some people called me Moto Coaster, but it just kind of got, got shortened to Moto. Um, and, yeah, my background... Um, I used to be a rock star back in the 80s when I had some albums out and toured and was on MTV Um, then was a fell into the internet in 1993 when someone introduced me to the Moo which was this amazing text based VR at at Xerox Park where people were building software on top of software to do all kinds of amazing things and um, wound up starting five companies uh, in fintech and video game technology, um, renewable energy, just kind of got on, the, on, on the, the tech wheel, and um, pretty early 1995, moved out to West Virginia, house in the woods on the river, and have managed to kind of... Keep some awesome projects going. But I I met Rob around 2017 during the last crypto speculative bubble. And uh, we came up with the idea for SCOBY back in 2000. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Just exactly what you said, really. Solving that problem of trustlessness permissionless, decentralized, immutable, media entertainment, uh, and social that really avoids a lot of the exploitation, abuse, oppression, suppression, domination that
0: I love it. So during the time frame, the early 2000s, when you guys were coming up with this, this idea in the works, a theory of, uh, you know, you have to come up with a problem to be able to solve. What was the blockchain uh, availability during that time frame and the programming languages that you were working with?
2: Well, back the first time around, we were everything from 2016 to 2018 or so was all Ethereum. Uh, ERC twenty, I mean ERC twenty kicked off the whole shitcoin bubble. ERC seven twenty one around NFTs kicked off the the current speculative bubble, um, and uh, which just crashed a few months ago, about half a year ago. And um, so these are really based on these technologies, but um, Rob and I did an analysis sometime last year. Well, I I had gone from Ethereum to EOS, um, you know, the Block One chain, um, and but we, it was pretty sketch. Just the whole infrastructure and management, and there were just some things that, yeah, we didn't like about it. So we looked around. We looked at Dash, we looked at a bunch of others, did a big comparison, and wound up on Solana, just basically for technical reasons, but I also really felt an affinity culturally. Um, I liked that they, Anatoly, one of the co-founders and the CEO of Solana Labs, had "Be Kind" in his bio, and having been in the EOS ecosystem and Ethereum, where it's just propeller heads arguing bits and bytes and everything else and politics and arguing, 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 and putting each other down and FUD and flames. And um, I just thought, wow, be kind. That's, that's pretty unusual for Web3 and blockchain at the time. Um, so I started going to hacker houses and really fell in love with the people in the community.
3: Hey, David, uh, real, real quick, folks, it wasn't 2000, it was 2018.
1: I was actually going to we- ask him that question. That's what yeah. you made
3: up. Yeah, so it was 2018. You said 2000, dude. Uh, are we tripping or smoking today already? Or I was fun? like,
1: this man is so ahead of his time that he was ahead of his time before a time was even there to be ahead of. Like I was like, in, in complete awe. I-
3: <laughs> well, 1964 was when Bucky Fuller first predicted cryptocurrency and blockchain so
2: well i I do have to do a quick um humble not so humble brag which is that i actually did participate in the world's very first decentralized anonymous cash transaction on the internet um i went to, uh, I delivered a paper at the first international conference of the web at CERN Particle Physics Lab, and one of the speakers was David Chom, who invented DigiCash. He was a Berkeley cryptographer, privacy advocate, and I was so fascinated what he was doing, and this was in Switzerland. I followed him back to Amsterdam and just became obsessed and was like, I want to support you, I want to do whatever we can. Went back to Baltimore where I had my company before. I went to West Virginia, and you know, as soon as they released the API, as soon as it's like, okay, here's how you do it. Um, I put, I, I sold a penny to my friend at, who was in uh, security at Naval Research Labs. I sold a poem for a penny in literally the very first anonymous cash transaction on the internet. It was about eight years. It's probably 1990. Six or so so it was you know quite a few years before the bitcoin genesis chain but yeah we started scoby in 2020 i guess i was just sort of thinking of the round number, so it was 2020 was the year i meant but yeah rob and i are like super old we're probably twice as old as most of the people here we could be your grandparents
1: <laughs> so when you said 2000 i actually my brain heard 2000 and I was like I wonder if he means 2020 because that kind of felt like a nice great reset um, I really I, want, I wanted to understand so when you say anonymous you mean not between the two people who knew that it was happening but to like anyone that was basically viewing it at that moment or, or going forward um, am I correct in that, in that statement? Yeah well what okay.
2: if that was I mean what, what David Chum was really concerned with is once you have all of these credit cards and banking systems, and he could see that the internet was going to be just like massive transactions everywhere. How are you going to do it so that there was no central authority? Now he hadn't solved the Byzantine general problem, which is what makes the blockchain possible because, you know, it wasn't. So I did still have to have money in a bank account. And I actually had to put money into a particular bank. It was Mark Twain Bank in St. Louis, Missouri. (laughs) Um, But the bank, you know, but basically, yeah, out on the Internet, there was no trace of what I did. So when I withdrew money into DigiCash or someone else did money, once it was in in the Internet, it would all change. But, you know, we could change hands. But ultimately it would all convert back into fiat. So it, you know, people just really don't know about privacy and don't care about privacy. So other systems wound up taking over and, you know, he didn't the company didn't didn't succeed. But it was just sort of an interesting early experiment with digital cash.
1: So I really do appreciate that you bring up the fact that we throw Web three around, Web one, Web two, and we throw around a lot. But you made a very interesting point that the data that we are referring to, or that we're referencing to, most people don't understand this. It is, it is. I think I said like the same statement seven different times in a row without actually getting to the point. Um, and I just did it again. the The data that we're speaking about is the credit card transactions. It's the it's the ability to see from point A to point Z the debt and, and how that was followed and who's it, who it's owned by. And the owners of that information, and how they've maximized profits off of that information for what the past decade and a half, two decades. And the difference between Web two and Web three, people think it's like it's a platform difference. Um, it's not. It's not the internet version one, version two, version three. It's it's your straight direct concept of sovereign identity, sovereign data, where you choose not just anonymity, but like how your data is accessed and processed, and whether you want to be connected to that data or not. Uh, you control your data. You control all of the information that's backed up behind it. And if you want to have 600 different wallets processing transactions all across the board, you have that right. You can set that up for yourself. You can you can maneuver your assets around as you please without um, having to like uh, report to any sort of authority about authority based figure about that uh, about those changes. So that's that's a very important thing that I want to like note. Uh, and if anyone wants to expand on, so like people that are going to be listening to this now or going forward, I'm going to go back chopping some uh, some, <laughs>
3: some pork belly. Enjoy that, folks. Can we retreat to room? Let's get some more folks in here, and you know we'll we'll keep chatting about what we're doing, but we're we'll getting to the the actual need of things when we get some more folks in here because um, David's going to be making an announcement I think is fairly significant as as the future. And, and David, I'm referring to what we talked about day before yesterday when I thought that was Tuesday or Wednesday when I, I lost track of days. Um, and, and so that's going to be a huge announcement, and it's going to be something that's not been done before. So let's let's retweet the room, let's get folks in here, because this is kind of a big deal.
0: And Sorry. just to clarify, Robert, Dave is Moto?
3: Moto, yeah, yes. Moto Dave. <laughs>
0: Okay, also,
3: the magic mushroom,
0: and I'll tell you about that offline. Nice, nice. I'm just making sure because this is a recording, and when people are talking, unfortunately, we don't have a fun little video file when I'm uploading into a podcast. So verbal cues are very helpful. And, yes, if you guys could, go ahead, retweet the room. But this is recorded, so you could always reference back to it. And I did want to talk about, because we talked about, you know, Little past history about you know problems that you've actually interacted with, problems that you're trying to solve, because that's what the scientific methods all about. And and theories are to be tested out until you are know, proven incorrect. And you have to tweak it. Now, this is a this application that you've been working on. How how long have you how many beta tests have you had it run through?
2: Well, that's kind. Of, that's a really good question. So we started. Two and a half years ago, so we incorporated in June of 2020, and we did our first actual release about a year later. Um, If you look at Product Hunt, you'll see um, it was about July 2021 where we pushed it out there. We had a whole bunch of users, so we've been. um, There's there's a new term which I really like. I don't know how new it is, but people used to talk about MVPs all the time, minimum viable product. And then I read somewhere about Maya, most advanced yet adjacent. So each release we do is a Maya. It's basically the best, the most advanced we could do that's adjacent to where we are now. And we've kept making, uh, I think some pretty significant progress. Now what, um, what Rob alluded to is kind of the big quantum leap we're about to go through. Um, <laughs> do you want me to now- hold it, or, or you know, we can talk a little bit about that now because I do think it's pretty interesting and sort of the evolution toward that.
0: Well, while so- we're waiting for more people, just for let yeah. I'm got, I got a couple questions because you end up mentioning that this was built on uh, Solana, and I. I understand your information, your reasons why you you previously stated, but I also, for a lot of people entering or have been in like crypto sphere, Crypto Twitter, they kind of get a little bit of a, a maxi feel for, you know, which blockchains are best and so forth. And current news with FTX and, you know, the Solana in general for their token or their coin, sorry, is uh, taking quite a hit. And, I mean, do you have any um, any caveats as well as, uh, you know, brushed off concern over uh, how hey, your project take, will
3: do? Yeah, let me take this one because here's the thing. Um, people who are maxis, it's awesome, but blockchain are tools. That's all they are. They're tools. We, we think of them as currencies for whatever, you know, the Defi side of them. We forget. These are tools. and. Solana is the one we chose because you know Dave had the good vibe feelings and he was he was he was doing his his motor the magic mushroom with those folks but you know myself I'm a little bit of that mindset of, of the propeller heads, right? And so looking at the technology and what we could do in Rust and what we figured out, you know, the additional things that we could we have done with Rust. And the typecasting of Rust, the 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 you know how you know how the typecasting of the primitives and how tight we can make the security in it, and how we put the different apps together on the chain, it's very powerful. It's extremely powerful. And as as for being other chains that can do it as quick, yeah, some are um, more or less a Phillips head versus a, a hexadecimal head. But the 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 thing is. In the future, I see this as a multi-chain. We're not, you know, we're going through the proof of concept of here's the technology. Here's a decentralized app. This is a Web3 app right now because we're still in Web2 slash 3 and there's a hybrid space. And we have to get around the folks at at Google. We have to get around the folks at Apple and the way that they have their, what would you call that, Dave? The 30% tax on, on NFTs? Was that what you said?
2: Yeah, I mean that's basically what they do in, in terms of the in-app purchases and the app stores and stuff. Yeah, and Google Play.
3: Yeah. So the idea was, how can we, how can we, um, you know, bring the value back to the content creators? That was the original, you know, the original thing. Because Dave, David is a creator. You know, he's he's a musician. Um, my creation is, is building applications and 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 things that matter that. That for information systems on large scales, so each one of us are are, are creators, but we ran into the problem of, of the creators not getting what they deserve. So that was the you know the 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 beginning, the genesis of, of this, and then in Web three, where the self sovereignty comes into play, you know that is extremely powerful, and this is this is the problem that Scobie started out with, and 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 I think. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, we've done a pretty decent job of, of of, getting around these problems that are Web 2, but we still have to deal with Web 2 technologies. And so until we get the the more of the folks into Web 3, it's going to be a little bit harder. But, well, I'd, you know,
2: I'd like to just also add on, um, just piggyback on that to really address Kit's core question about Maxis on various chains. And being out at Breakpoint this year, which is Solana's annual conference, um, which was there about I don't know, five thousand people there, which was twice as big as there were the year before. And when when I would go to other conferences and talk to Maxis, you know, Ethereum Maxis or wherever they were they almost never had really valid reasons to be on whatever chain they were on. It was all, you know, they would just repeat whatever FUD was running through the Twitter sphere. And when you look at, for example, decentralization, the Nakamoto coefficient, um, Solana is the most decentralized. And decentralization just means how much it would take how what resources it would take to invalidate the chain meaning if all of the validators are agreeing have consensus on the next block that's being added how can you actually disrupt that so a blockchain is really super simple and solana is the most decentralized the and the other really important point that I saw was the development tools. And I went to, as soon as Aptos came out, there was a lot of people talking about going to Aptos and there was a lot of hype. And I looked at it and it, it, it didn't really seem any stronger. When I was out in Lisbon, I went to the SWE hacker house. That's a really interesting new blockchain. They're still on DevNet that's coming out soon. They have a couple things that are really interesting about it. They have the metadata on chain. You can drop, you can have transactions that aren't as important and you don't validate those transactions. Um, So I I like what they're doing and I could definitely see doing something on it. But what's different is the co-founders, Anatoly and Raj. Anatoly was at Qualcomm as a chip designer for a long time. They have, they're so freaking smart in terms of hardware and optimization to get the transaction speed. It's just, in mean, my view, is yeah, there are going to be a lot of other chains, but ultimately it's going to come down to Bitcoin is IBM, Ethereum is Microsoft, and Solana is going to be Apple. Or take whatever, you know, old people like me, Informix, Sybase, and Oracle. You know, there's there are all these three-horse races. And I just, I am absolutely confident that in 50 years, Solana is going to be strong. But back to your other point quickly about FTX. I mean, it's really interesting. Like, now you can see why the the coin price the token price of soul got so high because basically you had fp ftx essentially wash trading you know and bo- boosting the the value and it just shows i mean i am not a speculator i'm a builder and i think anybody who's in this just to pump their bags i mean they're going to suffer because I don't. I don't think anybody can tell based on the success of a network what the price of a coin is going to be in the future. I mean, it's way too complicated.
0: Yes, Moto. But I also. I mean, this current space. I enjoy talking about projects as long as they're relevant to technical technological advances and functionality and growth. Um, I'm just gonna keep. I threw that just as a left-field left t- conversation, but not to go into depth over it because there's a lot of uh, internal, you know, sexual politics that goes into business on it. And that's just not the time and place for it. But yes, we're all on the same page, definitely. We have two hands up right now, Sagoni, the co-host, and then Will T. And then we're going to carry on to uh, the SCOBY social application and what projects that you're bringing on in the open source code.
1: So many words were just said. Uh, I have ADHD, so forgive me while I dig into my brain really quick to find where I was where I was going with this, because there's there's a lot of really cool, really interesting shit that you just said, and I agree with a lot of it. Um, and I feel like we have a difference of age, but I did live right right around Oracle's area, so I do remember like the changes of the entire you know environment of not just like the tech space or the web space, but like physical spaces around it. Um, my first thought when you were when you were describing the like the issues was like why not start with something a little bit more below the foundation like the clay of the earth right like why why not go with a decentralized uh web browser you know uh and plug do a plug in just like how metamask does with google chrome with uh with like you know use a upap wallet and and um kind of like make it as decentralized as possible and you're skipping bridges you're skipping the problem with chains because the moment you go to chains like if you're decentralized today you're eventually going to be on bscs centralized chain essentially you were you're going to kind of like forgo the decentralization aspect of it so i think like I'm, t- I'm i'm going from like a marketing standpoint from like a marketers thought process standpoint words get thrown around in this in this space a lot and i feel like i've seen websites that have an overabundance of the right or what they think is the right verbiage for um drawing attention or building a community, but it's like it's very redundant and it doesn't really explain much or it over explains things that are like very simple and makes it, it makes them kind of like very technically um, difficult when they don't need to be. And I'm not saying that you, you did that to any degree because I understood what you were saying, um, but why try to solve a problem without creating a foundation that kind of like can move in parallel with, with the solutions on both on both accounts? Um, or partner with, with uh, with like in the, in the case of a browser, or partner with a project that is already doing something of those sorts? Have you guys considered that?
2: Well, it's super simple. It just comes down to user experience. That That's where it is. And from the very beginning, we just said, if this is going to be successful, and I'm going to wait to really say what we're doing. But we did try a lot of things, and we had a, quite a few different partners over the last two and a half years, Um, But over and over and over, it came down to um, what's the simplest way to get creators what they want and their audiences, their fans, their collectors what they want. And testing over and over, it just showed it really had to be, every aspect of it had to be in the app. So that's why we And and you're referring
1: to you're referring to Scoby at this point, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So when we tried to do things with a web browser, we tried to do things with plugins, we tried to do things in different ways, people would get confused. There was also all those problems. You probably remember Board API Club, their Discord was hacked, D Gods, Twitter was hacked, you know, various things where people I mean, how much spam do you get in your wallet? even and i mean look at twitter spam trying to hijack your browser and hijack connections we just said look if this is really going to if we're going to onboard a billion people into web 3 it's got to be safe it's got to be clean it's got to be trusted it's got to be verified and the only way we could see doing that is within um is the way we did it and I can't wait till we get to actually talk about what we're doing because it'll become really clear what, why we made those choices and they were 100% for user experience and not for, you know, to hang our hat on particular ideas. Like someone said at Breakpoint, decentralization is not product market fit. And during the whole shit bubble, you know, people were decentralizing everything. It was like, here's my decentralized toilet paper, and people would bid it up to the moon. You know, it's not about buzzwords; it's about providing incredible value.
3: Before I it is- hand
1: over to you, Will, I just want to um, clarify that to whoever you know over here doesn't know, Scoby is a symbiotic colony of youngsters and badasses, or badasses and youngsters. So I feel like that's that's where I'm going to go with this. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I love <Okay>. that. Actually,
1: <laughs>
3: write that down. That's pretty cool.
1: So, Scope- yeah, I brew. I brew kombucha. So, like, I saw Scoby. I was like, ah, oh, okay. I see what you're doing.
3: Well, so so the other thing in this right is that um, we live in a Web two world, and to go straight to Web three, this is you know part of the future, and we have to build that bridge. And so the the uh, the first project was in, in Delphi. And, and, you know, knowing your customer is, is something that a company has to be able to do to provide because we still, regardless of where we live, we still have uh, compliance and laws that we are have to abide by no matter where we're at. So even though this is a Web3 business, we still have, you know, brick and mortar things that we have to abide by. But you know, as we move toward that decentralization, for real, not just the word, as we move to self-solventry, if we move towards those goals as humanity, you know, those things have, those things will move slowly over time. But to get there, you know, we have to build the bridge. And that was the, I uh, was Indigo. That was, we were going to build the bridge. And then as we started building the bridge, we realized, well, we didn't have, pieces to build the bridge. And so that's when SCOBY came into play. And so we started, you know, putting the pieces together to build this bridge. And so now that we have the app, and the app itself is a bridge for creators to bridge them into Web3, to onboard them into Web3 with the ease, you know, as the ease of just putting Twitter, creating an account, and now you're, you're speaking on this. Well, Scoby's doing the same thing except now it's tying your 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 wallet which now becomes your identity. So I, I hear where you' you're, you're coming from, but unfortunately the world's not ready for the full blown and this was the best path that we saw to get what yeah, I totally we're, agree and then then to where we want to go. But Dave, did I say that right because you're you're the one who keeps telling me this stuff.
2: Yeah, it was that was cool. I don't have anything to add. Um, yeah can i ask a we'll quick, real, real
1: question no sagoni will t first because he said something man. that i want i want to just i want to just clarification on i apologize well i love you um
0: you know what i'll wait we'll go ahead
4: <laughs> How, how's my audio am i coming through okay right now
0: very clear like a canary
4: okay cool so sagoni um thank you for that i feel like i'm being front-run by a bot right now on the blockchain but um i digress from that anyways I feel really out of my element here, like I'm at ETH Denver again, because that was a DevCon that was, uh, you know, not marketed in that fashion. But uh, with that being said, my question is, uh, this is a very competitive landscape from the way I see it right now uh, in the world of Web3 in terms of building the next decentralized social network that a lot of people are gonna gravitate to. Uh, we, you know, I'll, I'll just cite a few examples. So you have uh Skirpy Social, which has very deep roots in the Polygon blockchain. Um, there's DSO that's out there that, um, from my understanding, still under development. There's another one on Solana called uh, Social. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of that project or not, but what is going to be the differ- differentiator between all those other platforms and what you guys are building that people are going to want to gravitate to?
2: I love that question. So, first of all, I would say... Everything I've seen, I mean, DSO's is a perfect example, and um, there's Lens Protocol and all these others, which I think have completely missed the boat, because they have this belief that people somehow want to own their data or care about their data, or all this ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemeral stuff. Like when Snapchat came around, I mean, our kids were on Snapchat. Now, obviously, Snapchats for Old people like millennials, and you know there's TikTok, but all of this is just stuff that like flies by you and goes away. Um, we we're actually changing our name. Um, I mean, it's Scoby Social now. We're changing it to Scoby Mobile um, for a very particular reasons. Good call. So we Actually, like, um, when we when we get into what we're actually doing, you'll see that. Um. It's really not about social or social media. It's really about creators and projects and significant projects rather than what is currently considered a creator now in this market. And this market is this market because of advertising. I have a lot of friends who are senior at Facebook and you know, they'll tell you two thousand and eight, two thousand ten, you know, advertising was the wild west. Nobody knew if advertising was a model that was gonna support a company like Facebook. And so they built and Kit had mentioned Twitter, and was Twitter gonna be around in a long time? I mean, when we when you actually dive into the mechanics of these centralized systems, what's maintaining them, the battles you know, World War III is happening right now between Apple and all the social media companies under the guise of privacy, which was just to break the chain of custody of the user so that you couldn't follow them from app to app, from website to website. But Apple could within the Apple ecosystem because of the way they defined privacy. And they just did this power play where all of a sudden Apple is ruling advertising and Apple has, I don't know if they still do, but there was a few weeks where Apple had a market cap equal to Facebook, Google, and Amazon combined. I mean, it's just, it's insane what's going on. And so when I do actually get to talk about what SCOBY is and where we're going, You're going to see that it is, it does actually have, with our current partners, it has the possibility, and I see it right now, as far as I've looked at it, the only real possibility of providing this new thing that is no longer based on the old centralized systems, where you're, if you're, whether you're talking about nation states, or banks or the Kiwanis Club.
3: So did that answer your question or, or did we uh, sidestep
4: it? No, I think I'm good with that. Thank you very much for building the question. Awesome,
3: all right. Should we let him go again? Because he's sitting there with his hands hand up so patiently.
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm cooking at the same time, so it's like you guys you guys get to actually like, um, I'm essentially holding my breath in between spaces because Kit knows I'm I'm a, right now. This is like this is a G rating Sigoni, uh, not to not on the offensive level, but like I like to ask the questions that that you don't want to hear. Uh, I like to say the things that make sense to me, but like. You know, from like a consumer standpoint, because I, I, I view projects and companies and corporations, I view every single digital or physical asset as what is the perspective of how this is going to be looked at from one consumer and then massed upwards uh, and is it even viable to even mass it upwards. And like, what will it take to get there? Um, what you were describing to me makes sense because like you're, you're working with creators that are um, no longer print right facebook was around a time where print was kind of dying out we were going blog we were going digital so video and audio makes absolute sense but i i wouldn't compare it to facebook i mean when you when you start describing it i'm sure we'll, we'll get into that but like i'm assuming you're going to go linkedin uh style because it's, it's centered around um projects and businesses and it's like it's less about a fun thing and more about a serious thing no Um, absolutely not you're you're going the wrong direction interesting
2: (laughs) i mean so so like linkedin i was actually i got one of those emails well i mean i wasn't
1: i was it wasn't just linkedin i was gonna say it's more like linkedin on the front that it's it's based on the companies and the people that are in the companies It's okay
2: yeah yeah just so we don't get off track i mean i don't know if kit you want me to I think it'd be more interesting if I can kind of do the reveal and then talk about. That.
0: Yes, yes, the the Q and A and like digging deep and trying to mm-hmm. uh, de de engineer what you've uh, you've verbally uh, you know revealed to us would probably be the best because the hard questions will have hard answers. So let's
3: retreat the room, reset the room. Can we reset and re? Tweet and let's get some more folks up in here because this is going to be kind of a big deal. And heck, we had more people talking in uh, earlier and, and, and they were talking about, I forgot what it was, fashion or something. But so fashion- here's the
1: interesting thing about this space, not just Twitter, but this industry right now. Um, the reason why this industry is kicking itself in the ass and not, not succeeding as quickly as people think it should, although to me, this is a very healthy pace, Is that most people here are not about the technology or about the companies or about the projects every I'd say 98% of the people that are in these spaces are about uh, watching red go from red red go to black to green Uh, and they are not traders they're not financiers they're not economists like this is this is a space full of like hey let's go to Disneyland and try to win some like stuffed animals Um, but it is slowly changing Very slowly, but it is changing and it is becoming more community based because projects and communities know on on both sides that if you're not on the same page as one another, the one or the other will take over and try to beat the other one into cashing out before the other one can. And then that just has been a domino effect throughout the last, what, 20, 30 months.
0: i like to give Tim Brown the floor. He is the voice of reason. I understand that the speakers on here, we all get a little long-winded, and I love it, and I'm encouraging it. However, for those that are just coming into the space, Tim Brown, your hand is up, sir. And please, please be the voice of reasoning if you need us to take a moment to repeat or step down a little bit. Feel free to interrupt and help the
5: room. Thank you, Kit. And hello, everyone. I was I was going to say because I've been sitting here for a little while wanting to ask the question and see what people's opinions were on the idea. And I think it's along the lines of what Sigoni actually just said, because as I observe from a distance and uh, engagement that I have had with some projects and you know things in this environment, it it feels to me like A lot of these companies or projects have spent more time trying to appease these so-called investors rather than focusing on building solid tools and and projects so that they have something that's stable enough to bring to the masses, you know, working together to try to come up with, with the various approaches that will make things a little more seamless. And as i watch. People jump from project to project. Like Sagoni said, everyone's trying to beat the other person to cash out before someone else does. And the company seemed to be falling right into that, trying to be the first to market, not realizing that you can grow yourself out of business growing too fast when you aren't really prepared to handle what is to come. And that's just something that I've been thinking that I was I was looking at and, and really wondering if anyone else thought anything similar to that.
0: Oh, absolutely. A typical S-curve, you know, basing off of, you know, the, the generalized term of marketing, you know, growth rate that uh, generalized, that's when we have, um, you know, capsulations, uh, whether they're forced or, you know, involuntary from liquidations. And then you have uh, buyouts and shell companies.
2: Well, I'd, I'd like to share just a little bit because Rob here, um, Rob Wetzel is one of our investors. He's invested a significant, you know, six figure amount in in Scoby. Um, but I've you know, my experience of being a serial entrepreneur in West Virginia. You know, my first company raised probably twenty six million dollars was my second company, my first venture co- funded company from G Capital and Citigroup and others. And while I had board control, the kind of pressure you get from these people who know absolutely nothing and try and steer the company in way. I mean, I remember board meetings where one guy said, you know, this was just before the first big bubble and, um, you're not a player if you're not burning a million dollars a month, you know, and this guy was like, I don't know, 24 years old, you know, just out of uh, business school or whatever. And, you know, since then my game tech company, we raised probably $15 million from strategics and blue chip Silicon Valley companies where they would call me at night, you know, seven o'clock in the evening was four o'clock in Palo Alto and they'd be irate that I was having dinner with my family. You know, we should be able to drive past. You've got to move your company to California so we could drive past the office at 11 o'clock at night and see the lights are still on, and the cars are still in the parking lot, you know, and just over and over and over. We just had horrible investors at, um, at my renewable energy company, and it's just that whole thing's a nightmare. So one of the things that Web3 does open up is that, you can you can field test i mean that's what's nice about nfts and and crypto if people like what you're doing they can buy into it at a fairly early stage and you can bootstrap your company that way now there's a lot of issues with a lot of people are selling actually selling securities as nfts and selling securities as crypto and we're I think I do think it's time for us actually to talk about what we're doing because a lot of the corporate governance stuff and the DAOs um, goes behind it and shows what that's doing. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and state it so we can actually talk about what we came to talk about. So SCOBY started – the idea was a Web3 native, censorship-resistant, token-gated – live audio-video app where you could make connections, build community, share experiences, and earn royalties based on the DAOs you form or the DAOs you join, the NFTs and projects that you create and share. So that was the vision. And what we found was, what was really interesting was that as we tried to get our app through the app store we kept getting batted down over and over for just crazy things like we couldn't they wouldn't allow us to connect to a wallet because they said that that's another form of payment and that nfts because they unlock aspects of I mean, there are all these obscure rules because we had live audio video that was token gated. It was very specific in the rules that that could only be done through in app purchases, you could not do it through other payment systems, you couldn't do it through credit cards, you couldn't do it through obviously, you couldn't do it through a connection to a wallet. So, we went through just iteration after iteration we finally figured out how to do back-end minting and still do our, our royalty shares connect to how to connect to the wallet and all that stuff we solved the economic problems but we realized that if if there were threats like for example with twitter when not just advertisers but their concerns well what if Apple or Google doesn't like what people are saying on Twitter. You know, they can take it out of the App Store or Google Play. And there's a big difference. You remember when Google came about, their motto was don't be evil. And I always thought, well, can't be evil is way better than don't be evil. So censorship, having actual freedom of speech, is different than being censorship resistant where if you are having a token gated conversation with people that you trust there shouldn't be any way for somebody to listen in on that and there was a really cool app keybase which was a crypto basically a crypto social network communications that was bought by zoom and you know for the security aspect so anyway long story short what the real announcement is, and today is the first day that we're, we're actually talking about this, and you're going to start seeing a lot more next week. Um, we are going all in on the Saga, which is a new phone coming out Q1 of next year. We're getting our developer kits in December. And in this phone, in this device, there's something called the Seed Vault. And so it's a completely biometrically secure wallet. It's basically like having a ledger, a hardware wallet. It's your seed phrase and all of your crypto connections are even segmented off from the operating system. So there's no way that Google or the Android operating system could get your private key. So there's a lot that suddenly starts to happen where, for example, if you're a protester in Iran and you're concerned with the government finding something out um, or an organizer in China, you know, there's true privacy at a very, very deep level. I mean, they would have to defeat the entire blockchain to decrypt a particular message. And that's sort of the extreme example, but what it suddenly got to, back to this question about creators, what we were trying to do on the app was um, our own protocol, the SCOBY protocol, is social crypto syndication, where we wanted to replace this advertising-driven ecosystem of Web2, where all the machine learning is tuned to insert just the right ad knowing what people are willing to pay for the lead you know all of this stuff that's just reifies consumerism and you know that treadmill that people are on from birth going through school and just always hustling and always trying to get ahead all of a sudden what we decided to do was create an actual cooperative in the state of Colorado. So there's a Colorado Cooperative behind this. There's a DAO. So everything within this whole ecosystem um, is gonna be governed by votes. And creators, and the other really important technology that people don't, so many people don't have a clue about how much it's gonna change everything is machine learning. I mean, you can now edit video with machine learning. You just with text prompts, create these incredible vivid worlds and images, Um, animations or with machine learning. So that's going to change what it means to be a creator music. You know, I want to riff off of this. So everything's going to change. Intellectual property is going to change. And, we thought we just are going to go back to first principles, do something really simple and really cool for an extremely tiny audience. They're only planning on shipping like 20,000 of these um, Saga phones at launch. And yes, we're going to have our iOS and Android app in the app store, but those are going to be really dumbed down because they're not, letting people co-create and collaborate and exchange money and exchange creations and create a completely new culture, create a completely new world that's not governed by the app store rules. And the app store says you can't have porn, you know? So sex work is work. Like, why shouldn't people be able to do what they want to do? Why can't they talk about And ship to each other ayahuasca. Why shouldn't they be able to do this or do that? So anyway, the announcement is shipping on the saga is going to be the world's first completely decentralized native stack for creators, collectors, promoters, scouts on a DAO. We're open sourcing the entire thing. So anybody can build their their own complete apps. And we're also going to have this on-demand, you know, if I have an idea and I want to use the SCOBY airdrop system, I want to use the SCOBY live token-gated live audio video, I want to use any of these pieces, it's not just that I can create my own project, but with very few lines of code, if any, I can just pull together my own app and launch my own project. So it, it's super ambitious. We've done it with no venture capital, just a few wonderful angel investors. There are actually a couple on here besides uh, um, we have Fool's Dream, who's one of our investors as well. So I'm very grateful to our investors. but these investors are friends and family. you know they're just regular people. We didn't we didn't go after venture capital this time. So, I know that was a lot, but it it really is a big deal. And I'd really like to talk about what it could mean if this centralized stack of Facebook, you know, or Meta and Google and Apple, um, you know, cracks actually emerge in all of that. And oh, Sean's there too. Um, He's an investor as well, snappy. Um. uh So shout outs to all our amazing investors, but um. Yeah, this is uh. This is really happening for
0: real. So Goni, you are. This is your room now. You are the embodiment of me, or vice versa. Please. I feel please bad. Continue. I feel bad
1: that uh, <laughs> that you're giving me this type of power. Uh. No, I'll still raise hand, unless I unless I have to cut into just kind of like hold off on a subject. So Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to read to you what I, was, what I had written to Kit as I was typing out the, as I was explaining what I thought your project was. Um, and I'm going to kind of like backtrack off of that into what I think is going to be a disadvantage and also like a potential like gateway for you guys to build off of that even faster than I think you, that, you, that you can and that you, that you should. Um, so I started off by saying that it was LinkedIn and like that's kind of like where it stopped. But I was continuing it into LinkedIn, but Reddit and Twitter community foundations with Instagram, TikTok, YouTube streaming, and Snapchat conferencing in terms of like communication and content creation, built into a phone that allows for it to be a wallet. And I knew that you guys were being held back because of the wallet aspect. There's no way that iOS was going to let a social media app be a wallet because they just released a wallet. They're releasing a wallet into their entire uh, infrastructure on their on their hardware, right? And to answer your question about why can't you have porn on um either of these apps like i mean i've I've asked for this for not asked for but i've asked this question time and time again but um you lose a lot of countries you lose a lot of families you you lose a lot of children which use these apps so essentially by not allowing them they've increased their user base and like that's that's just you know basic logic right we understand this we don't want it to be the case but from a corporate capitalistic perspective it is the case now again we don't want it to be but this is the case. And this is a this is a point that I make to people in projects when I do discuss things with them. The reality is what it is, no matter how much we want it to change or or or, or are pushing for it to be something later on. Um, being in the ocean with no waves and pretending or, or waiting for the surf or imagining the surf or, or wanting to surf doesn't mean that we're actually surfing, right? We will get there. The wave will come whether it's a tsunami or like a little nice three foot swell, but we will get there, we'll surf. So I wanna I wanna kinda ask you. Did you guys ever consider maybe doing all of the social aspects of, of your app onto the app store on android onto the app store on google onto the app store on ios without the wallet so make it something that is you know video audio communication video picture communication um, however you know the structure is of what, what it is minus the app sorry minus the wallet where you can um, create your content and have it actually be based on since they're, they're both web too right Apps or or browser? Have it be based on a browser, because I've I've gone over you guys' uh, website and everything like that, and I see that it's it's um, it's very much like gung ho to the next generation of uh, decentralization and Web three, uh, but you still use Discord, right? So why use Discord when you can create the community inside of your community through a browser and allow them to use the tools that will essentially become um, a bigger a bigger Uh, application on your phone but pretty much the same application that it could be if they were using it today on on the phones that are current in today's day right on like apple and and android and samsung and whatnot um did you guys ever consider starting kind of like off of that to kind of push it forward and and get it moving create your own wallet uh add-on create uh started through a browser login kind of like how OpenSea is its own like um you know its own ebay but on the, on the app side of things, you do everything about the wallet type thing. This is why OpenSea is not, you don't have a wallet inside of OpenSea, you have a wallet that connects to OpenSea.
2: So we up one. Yeah, let me, so we did experiment with all of that. Um, and yes, we didn't just consider it. I mean, we spent two and a half years building exactly what you're talking about. Um, if, You know, if we were venture-backed and we had idiots who just graduated from business school telling us what we should do that made good business sense, we'd probably do it that way. Um, But we're old. I mean, this is going to be my last company. You know, these are brutal. (laughs) Um, And Steve Jobs did say something really smart, which is – I mean, he said a lot of things that were really smart. But one thing he said – Um, at MIT was what made Apple really great, what made it the best is that when they knew what they were going for, they would go for that, even if it took longer, if it took more time. And we know what we're going for. Yes, the aggregation of all of these things is cool and we could have a cool app that does that. Yes, people could log into a website and mint something or do something on the website and then bring it over into the app. But that's not magic. I mean, back when I had this, we had a patent in 2000 for, um, and, and I applied for the patent after I sold my first company, took the kids who were like three and five years old um, to Disney world, you know, and I was thinking about what was going to entertain them in the future. And I thought about Mickey Mouse on a broom flying through their neighborhood and they would have this phone, you know, mobile phones were pretty early then, but that would be their magic wand and they would point it somewhere. And um, I thought about retinal projection devices and I I baked all these things into it and I was like, this is what I want to make happen. Now it was really early and we wound up doing these really cool technologies with, Um, We demoed the biggest massively multiplayer world. It was this game called Burners, which was the burners against the Bureau of Land Management people with tourists caught in the middle. And it was just, you know, this sort of crazy game. Um, But I, we're going for something that is revolutionary because the part that you didn't mention is the machine learning. And even back then, i was thinking about all of these communications are going to be mediated and how are they going to be mediated when two people are communicating and with machine learning you can do amazing things rob and i spent a full day in a coffee shop in frederick maryland basically playing this game on paper for hellbenders where i was like okay so we're starting here and in this clubhouse with the hellbenders and what's the first thing you want to do? And he's like, well, I want to build a still. And we talked about what that would mean, what the rules were, what the mechanics were, what the hooch that came out of the still would do, how it would change the environment and how we could do that without programming and how the people could basically, who are participating could create these miracles. And, you know, we're just, We're going to do something freaking amazing. And when Solana announced this phone and when I got to hold it and play with it and really realize that it solved all of those problems that I had thought about back in in the year 2000, I mean, 22 years ago, like, fuck it if I'm going to waste any time compromising with Apple and doing workarounds, you know, to get people doing things that they can already do like getting an audio video spaces on instagram and doing this and doing that and just sort of aggregating that all together
3: dude all the work around that we did around google and apple you know put the put the project in jeopardy a couple of times because we had to figure out how to um, you know, take this decentralized technologies and, and, and bring it into that centralized environment, then how could we, we you know, still maintain that that appearance are the, the you know the the characteristics of decentralized and the workarounds it's just that. It's a workaround. It did not solve the problem.
2: Exactly. So, and, and the really important thing, let me just add, add this on. Mm-hmm. There's a term, sacred economics. And there are a couple of really good books on sacred economics. And you have to understand the economics and the ecosystem and what people are doing. If it's decentralized and people are really value what that creator is offering. And the creator it doesn't have to be digital. It could be this amazing CBD oil that this person makes in Shepherdstown that I want to promote. If, if the creator says, here's how I'm going to incentivize my, pre- my promoters incentivize my distribution team, then that should just all happen from person to person to person. So what we're going to be launching um December 16th, and we're going to start really pushing it. Like, there's that tweet at the top, which has the timer. It's still counting down to that, you know, if you go to hellbenders.live. But what we're doing now is, with this release, we're going to have this contest where we're going to give away a lot of phones, saga phones we're going to give away ten thousand dollars in cash we're going to give away trips. we're going to give away all kinds of things just to get this moving um because we've i mean i just want everybody to go all in on this because that's the only way it's going to work if people actually start there'll be a point where apple and google just like what happened with microsoft and microsoft has come back but it happened with dac it's happened Everybody that's been big that's failed, it's because people simply migrate to something better. So that's all we're doing. We're going to say, hey, we're over here, 20,000 people is enough, 5,000 people, I don't care. There's a different economics where 5,000 or 10,000 people is plenty because I don't need a million followers to make $50,000. You know, We have something that is a legitimate ecosystem that everybody is enriching, and by enriching that ecosystem, they're being rewarded, and there's the logic of resource distribution that's fundamentally mycelial. I mean, nobody else besides Rob calls me the magic mushroom, but I guess I am a mycelial maximalist because I believe we're moving towards this mycelial age where resource distribution is as fundamentally efficient and effective as the way fungi and lichen do it way more intelligently than humans do it, where you have all these people living in abject poverty and you have assholes sitting on stacks of, billions of dollars, you know, it's just, it's not going to last. So let's do whatever we can to, to tip it over.
3: So, platform, I, I got just one thing to add, then I'll step down. Go ahead. <laughs> the, platform is sustainable. the technology that we've built is sustainable. It can grow. It is, is capable of scaling. So progressive web application as now, moving towards you know more of the decentralization capability. So eventually, you know, you you could use Scoby or you just use the this the the Scoby protocol or just you know you want to build an app, use the, the ready made app uh, libraries. So this is this is what uh, you know what's gonna be done. And eventually I, I wanna see this more as a you have a community of builders who like like with Linux, when we started Linux, you know it, you know, I was with Patrick in the beginning of Slackware. And, and I, you know, I was with Fedora before Fedora became, you know, before Red Hat, you know, at the very beginning, Red Hat and then Fedora. And so, you know, we, we established those communities of open source and sharing. And, and, you know, we sat there and came up with the, you know, with, Stallman, with the, you know, the Free Software Foundation. All that we're doing is taking that to the next step is that these technologies are enabling something that that we've you know developers from back in the early 70s have, have you know wanted to do for a long time so now instead of it just being software it's it's everything and and so the platform is is capable of delivering that but more importantly the platform is capable of helping other people deliver what they need out of it.
1: So I'm, I'm going to unpack all of this, and I'm going to try to do it as briskly as possible. Um, I have I have one very special gift in that I'm both a burner and a Coachella goer. And one thing that I can tell you about burners is that they hate Coachella. One thing that I can tell you about people that go to Coachella is they have no idea what Burning Man is. Now, <laughs> does that, that change? does that change the population that both of these places host about the same amount of people? Absolutely not. The intelligence level at Burning Man is a lot higher than, than that of Coachella, but I have met fundamentally the most astounding people, amazing people, beautiful people in both places. Um, you said Microsoft and Apple. And what I, what I will emphasize on that is that they had, escape, they, had, they had a landscape that was not moving anywhere nearly as quick as this one is. If they were, I don't think Apple would have survived what it had to go through. Um, if it was moving at the speed at what information and people and corporations are moving with now. Now the big thing that, uh, corporations and, and companies have to deal with is idiots. We deal with consumers are idiots. And I don't mean in the literal sense. I mean, in the fact that you have two parents, two jobs, kids that don't have programs after school that play video games all day long, that have access to information at a fingertips. They don't care about yielding information for the long run. Um, it's a generational thing where one generation had it way easier than the other. And the other generation had to work twice as hard, but also had the easy in some, you know, in some escape. But the thing that they all have in common is that pieces were built for them behind a brand that, um, was hated and, and was hated by the same like generation that now like, um, gate keeps it kind of like how Facebook is kind of like held on to the, the millennials and, I don't know how Snapchat went into the hands of, like, the Gen Zers or the Gen Xers because, like, it was definitely, like, a Gen Z slightly at the tail end of the age of millennial platform at uh, the beginning. But it was one of those, like, it's not cool anymore type thing once Instagram, like, took the, the same tech because uh, Homeboy wouldn't sell it to Zuckerberg. It's, it's just – that's interesting. I, I, won't go, I won't sit into detail with that too much. Um, the Solana phone thing is really cool, and I would love – To have a phone that like does that, I'm, I have one Apple product in my entire life, and it's my phone. Like, why? Because of iTunes Match. Believe it or not, that is the only reason why I have an iPhone. Like, that's it. iTunes Match lets me take my beautifully curated like albums, all my all my artwork, all the time that I put into like my music collection, and have it at the touch of like my fingertips at all points in time. Now I could do it on Android, but when I was doing this, when I was building this collection. Uh, Android was annoying and shitty Fubar was like really good on my computer but it was shitty on my on my on the on the actual phone and it was clunky and it was like the firmware was garbage there was a lot of bloatware on it and Apple just did it cleaner and also 3GS was nice to have 3G that's kind of that, that was where it all started and they kind of like you know they hold you it's like nice little corner closet when you can't move your your purchases from one to the other but you know that is that is what that is but at this point like everything is free because there's transactions and microtransactions built into everything so the the open source aspect of what you're launching is awesome because everything that you're saying, I, I, I buy into it, I love it. It's not just buy into it, I appreciate it because that's how it should be. But how it should be and, and what you're competing against are two very big different things. And the best example that I can give you of that, of what's happening right now, is that any and every company could have entered this market in the last two or three years. They could have entered this market from 2017 on um, after trump instilled you know taxation on you know trades whatever transactional trades that were happening with any any sort of coins all across the market whether they're shit coins all coins or bitcoin itself they could have entered at that point they could have entered it when nfts were kind of like jumping up because in the renaissance that is this technological age we started with tax and now we went into art and now we're moving into gaming which is um that, that communal aspect we're moving into gaming and music which is like I believe is the last part of what we're going to see before we get to an age where it's going to become um, instilled in our education and in, in, in our in our everything else, in our infrastructure, in our logistics in our cars like, and, and, you know, the whole nine yards. But the reason that it's going in this direction is that this is the direction to which the idiots that are the consumers can understand it and utilize it because they don't care about the technology. Um, nobody cares why there's traffic, but they can see a bunch of cars and they get mad at the person who's changing from one lane to another. Like all the world's problems are that car that's moving lanes because that's the person that's creating traffic. It's not. That's not how traffic works. Like nobody cares. Now, if you were launching this in like the earlier eras, um, you would be, you would not only be a competitive company, you would probably be the most forefront leading social media platform. Hands down, it would have been you sitting in that in that courtroom instead of Mark Zuckerberg. I can guarantee it, because this is how it should be. This is absolutely how it should be. Uh, people outside of like this room of what four, eight, not eleven people, most people don't care about decentralization because they don't understand it. They don't want to understand it. And I'm not, but mind you, I'm not putting, the, I'm not trying to put this down at all to any degree. I'm saying what the consumer half of my brain is saying when it looks at Uh, anything that doesn't scream fun or make me money that that's how that's how we perceive things i'm not that person i hate money i love having fun when people are having fun because when people are having fun i'm having fun that's how it works for me so i say this because what you're going to face is big companies that have marketing budgets and advertising budgets that are so large they dwarf even the angel investors that it would have taken to like launch this two or three years ago with angel investing, sorry, with VC, with VC investing, not angel investing. Um, Because as we saw with like, with what did in California, they changed, they they changed the entire structure of their company with $300 million worth of marketing. Like they could have literally put that into like their drivers, their, their, their um, employees. They could have put that into their platform. They could have done a lot, but they put it into lobbying and, into shitposting, I guess we could say, with advertisements, so they can make it so that they don't have a liability in the long run, because it's all about the long run. They'll spend three hundred million today, so they can save four billion in the long run. Now, what is going to like really, I think, help is how long this you can last in this. Like, how long are you willing to like put feet into the ground, you know, roots into the ground and push? I think that um, twenty thousand is just a phenomenal start. I think that's an amazing start uh, how and where you, how and where you send those pieces out, uh, is going to be really pivotal because you could do giveaways just across the board. I wouldn't recommend it. I would really take about a thousand of those phones and I would put them into the hands of people that have an audience that not just trusts them, but trusts and understands what they're speaking about because you have, and I don't mean like into the hands of an influencer. I mean, like if you could sit down with somebody who, um, loves decentralization loves and and understands what you're working with um you can really help pave their their like entire community and like building off of that kind of gives you like foundations like little tiny like mycelium foundations all across like the united states in like little tiny little tiny spots now you said a really interesting thing you said like why can't we be like mushrooms well mushrooms were here two or three hundred thousand years before humanity was right they they got a way bigger start than we did that's why years, they're that's, that's why they're millions for sure millions but like they they got to start to become more basic uh than we are now we're, we're complex but just as complex but they work together so much better than we do so we have a long way to go before we get there um
3: Right, hey, nope. let, me, let me. There's a lot of questions coming out of this one statement. Yeah, so yeah go for it. A, of, a little
1: bit. This, this, is, this is a bigger statement. Yeah. It's just like I, I wanted to, like, I wanted to, like, kind of like add this in while while you were talking about it. I, I kind of compiled it as best as I could. It's like uh, one, for one, formative, one, one formulating statement. But essentially, what I'm saying is that, like, um, the market of today is very interesting to pivot into something that is so different because people could have changed over to Bitcoin and started taking it and, and accessing it and using it when it first came out. But there's a fear of like understanding of what that technology is and a fear of trusting something that's different because their paychecks aren't Bitcoin. Their paychecks are fiat. So,
2: Sigourney, right? let, me just, let me just make it super simple for you.
1: There, oh, I get there, it.
2: There, no, just a minute. There, there are two – humans or organisms. There are two things we do. We move towards or we move away. The move away from is way more powerful than the move towards. Our fear instinct is the very biggest because we have to move away from the bear or we get eaten. If we just like, oh, I'm going to go for those blueberries, overpowers they are moving away from the bear, we get eaten. Okay, We are as old as mushrooms. We're older than mushrooms because all of us are made of star stuff. So the real simple answer is, first of all, there's a great book, Crossing the Chasm, Jeffrey Moore, that talks about the technology adoption life cycle. You know, it's an old book. He also wrote The Guerrilla Game, Inside the Tornado. This is my fifth company. I've launched with very few resources, projects with IBM, with Sony. We had technology in the PS2. We had technology in the Xbox you know none of this the technology side getting users all of that it's not that hard it's any market is basically the same what we're doing the great thing about the saga phone and solana is when they ship that we're going to be in the dapp store so those 20,000 people who decided, who already believe in the ecosystem, they're already either DGENs or they're developers or they have a DeFi company or they're creators already on that blockchain, whoever ordered those, there are not going to be that many apps in the Dapp store. It's just like how many people bought that stupid flute thing for for their iPhone 1 or iPhone 2 whenever the App Store started because you could, because you could blow into the thing and start making sounds. You know, there's going to be adoption. There's going to be enough adoption. And what's cool is the economics of it all. Our developers are in Venezuela. Um, Our overhead is incredibly low. We're going to outlast whoever we need to outlast. We're not going head to head. That's why we're not going to waste our time trying to compete for people in the App Store, or trying to compete for people in Google Play. Yes, we're gonna be in those, but, and yes, it's gonna be a dumbed-down version, and you're not gonna be able to do as much, and you're not gonna be able to make money. You're not gonna be able to do this, you're not gonna be able to do that. But they will get a peek at it. We have funnels, we have all kinds of marketing techniques, and one thing you said was very important, people don't pay attention they they don't have the time to pay attention and you have to be at the right place at the right time for them to take an action that then gets them to adopt when they're going to adopt that's what social crypto syndication is going to help us with there are going to be those few people those visionaries those cutting edge people who wind up influencing their friends I mean, if I got paid for everybody I turned on to the Velvet Underground with a mixtape, I probably wouldn't have to, you know, when I was in high school, I probably wouldn't have to work now. And that's the basics, the basis of what's going to be happening in this ecosystem with this protocol. There's a lot of complex stuff that's all going to work together. Very few people are going to understand this. As my old investor investment banker said readers don't invest and investors don't read. There are going to be people who push this button who care and are going to suddenly say, Oh my God, I can do this amazing thing. They're going to take a video and they're going to push it through machine learning. And it's going to be part of this other thing. And it's going to wind up as part of a augmented reality game with other friends. They're going to be like, Oh my God, Jimmy, you know, you've got to save enough from your paper route to do this, or you've got to enter this contest to get one. And eventually enough people are going to get it and it is going to happen. And, and I don't care if it's five years or 10 years, I hope it's before I'm 80 years old and I'm not going to enjoy it as much, but we're going to get there.
1: No, I, I totally agree with you that you will. And I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, believe it or not, like, what you're, what you're getting from me is this is my career. This is what I do for like the living. I break down what your product is going to face and how to like approach it strategically so that you don't have to deal with it um, in the moment when it happens. Like I, I hate problems, but like I create them. So I have the solutions ready for when they like occur. Like I have no problem sitting down with you next year at seven's bar. And we can sit down and talk about this all day. Like I would love to, I think I actually feel like we're we're going to be able to make that happen. Uh, what I, What I'll say is that like, there is an irony in the statement that you made about what your investment banker says, because readers do invest now, and investors do read now, and things have changed. So, like the world is very <laughs> what, is very what, different what, than what it was.
2: What about FTX? I mean, come on. So here, you know, you know what the funny thing is about FTX? You know what the funny thing is about FTX is that
3: didn't read shit.
1: Well, no, I'm saying like people that people that are investors or want to be investors, they go and they and they read documents, they read books on how on how economics work, they read. Books on how finances work. And you're talking about people that would, got degrees in like philosophy it's or FOMO or FUD. I mean, no, no, not, you were
2: talking about mass market.
1: You brought up, I am talking about the mass market because that is your market. The mass market is your market. Now, you could put this phone into 20,000 people's hands and they will take a picture using their iPhone and post it on Twitter of them holding their other phone. And how long they hold that phone is going to be based on what they're going to get out of it, what attention it holds. And what you're going to be competing against is what their other phone. The one that they took the picture with when they're going to deliver the same things that you've delivered but on a platform where already hundreds of millions of people are going to be able to use it and understand it just like how sony is uh is investing in patents for putting nfts on their on their PlayStation network um nike is releasing digital wearables uh on their dot platform and people are like oh that's that's crazy but like why would they put it on a on a on a, on a network that they can't even access that's stupid and my first response is, how is that stupid? You're putting it on a network where you can't pull things off of or put things on. It just exists. That's the best possible customer service relationship. So customer relationship management or customer service platform you could possibly have. If there is an issue, they can go back and they can look at the transactions and reverse things without having to go and chase down a hacker that's in Pakistan or or in Hungary or you know wherever they're at. Like It's it's simpler for them to not have to have a connection to it. Also, on the legal side of things, they don't have to have a connection to it. Like There's a lot of like very smart, things that are happening that are so smart that they're super simple now this is a very amazing product and i believe in five to ten years um it will be held in the hands of hundreds of thousands of people but uh so is linux and how long did it take linux or unix to get to the point of where it's at today it was competing against windows which was shitty every every like four variations of it um and and max i don't know what animals they were doing like what lions and tigers and bears oh my but like what were both of these companies? What what did both of these companies do that Linux and UX didn't do? They were putting out shit platforms to test it on their consumers and all the different variations of hardware that that there was on PC um, and on you know on the Mac side of things with whatever hipster was like using what Bandcamp or you know whatever apps that they had. My point is is that they put out whatever they could as fast as they humanly possibly could because they had the capital and and the manpower to like. Deal with the bullshit and the backlash, the PR and the marketing to like keep it going and keep pushing, but also because it was in every school, it was in every business, it was in every place you could possibly go every coffee shop, every you know, porn shop, it was everywhere. So they have the ability to be everywhere, and you're competing against the ability to be everywhere, and it's only growing on a global scale. One last point, one last point, and I'll give it to you. What I, what I was suggesting about the 1,000 phones to like very key people is you have a very, very, very huge person in the Solana network, and that's Shaquille O'Neal. And he's a DJ, DJ Diesel, and he's always at Coachella, and he's always at festivals. If I were to put this phone into any one person's hand, it would be Shaq.
2: But all of this – so this is the thing. You're coming at this from the centralized mindset, and the centralized mindset Because is, it eventually will be just, centralized. Just, uh, no, sorry, but just a minute. Here's the thing. I really honestly don't – I can have this conversation I'm having with you with my dad at Thanksgiving because there's a worldview that you're espousing that is not going to be in this new ecosystem. So Shaq is not going to be any more important – then Sean who's on this call. Snaffy. You know, if I'm going to get these phones and we do have the SCOBY Foundation and we're going to get the phones in hands of people, I want those phones in the hands of medicine men on the Lakota reservation, Iowa Scarrows in the rainforest. I want them in the hands of rappers in Anacostia in um musicians in west africa they're going to this culture that's emerging that's actually cutting-edge culture that people can appreciate each other and make enough and that's going to ultimately grow and replace this other culture that's going to happen in the underground i was you know, what influences me most is being in a post-punk band in DC and being friends with Ian MacKay of Fugazi and Discord Records and Minor Threat and working in coffee shops and going on tour and trying to make a living in the centralized music industry and how distribution worked and how people came up with fanzines and how people came up with this and came up with that. So what's going to happen is, and this is alchemy, you can't fix something. You can't go into a contaminated vessel and decontaminate it. All you can do in alchemy is set up a new hermetically sealed vessel, and those who want to migrate into that wind up, producing the philosopher's stone, the gold, the liberation vision that comes from the prima materia, the lead, the shadows. And it goes into and it creates this new thing. And we are going to co-create a new thing. So I get all this. I know what the world is. I know how competitive Apple and Nike and all these things that are happening. If I was going to spend any more minute, another minute in this, I would be ground up in the combine of all of that shit. So what I'd really rather do for the rest of the time we have on this call is not to talk about all the old shit that we're leaving, but answer any questions, and I'm sure there are some um, from folks in the audience, um, about what this really means. What's the protocol? What's the phone. What's the app? What's Hellbenders? What's how does machine learning play into this? And what can people do like with the um, the Honey Bears and what you know these IRL products? How can they take advantage of this new ecosystem? And stuff's gonna happen.
1: You know, I actually love that you know the Honey Bears because Psychonauts is one of the most amazing people that I've seen in this space, and um, I'm bullish on you one thousand percent. Like I said, the, my my position here is to is to be antagonistic as possible, so that we can hear all of the phenomenal things that you have been saying and like how hard you back this project. Like that's the purpose. That's my purpose. Because if I was just maxing for you from the front, it, it would be very one dimensional, one directional, and um, it's just, it's not, I don't want to say it's not fair, it's, just, it's not fun, but it's like, I want people to hear the truth behind what they're going to be facing in their in their day-to-day to make that decision. Because I cannot wait to see this. I cannot wait to, to like, literally, like, chuck my, my iPhone into the ocean and never have to, like, use this thing again. Um, I
2: just would like to suggest on that, because, you know, I've been in all yeah. these Shark Tank things and all of that. Is it really the best way for people to learn? Yeah. To do, I, I, I just want to. I'm just wondering, is the antagonism as productive as much more of a co-creative riff? And, and that's just what, you know, because I'm not going to check my iPhone in the ocean. I mean, I actually like, I use the LiDAR, and I actually really like the cinema mode on the, um, on the video. I plan to use this other thing as my second phone.
3: Hey, let's, um, let's, do a room, let's do a room reset because we have people come in, people leave. And, and so I want to get a, get us back to where we were. So I'm uh, Robert. I got to be a co-host. This is my first co-host, so hopefully I did okay. I've rugged like three times, but that's me. So here, here's the thing. So this this is Kit Space, and this is her Web3 startup pack. It's where she brings people in to chat about Things and stuff that's in within Web three, and it can be uh, an array of subjects. Here we have today: um, Moto, the magic mushroom, uh, Dave uh, Levine, who's the the king eagle you see there, which is thugbirds, and you have me, Ask the Doctor. Um, I am I am a I am a mad honey bear, <laughs> and and I, what we call it. Um, Stumpy Da in the house, and we got the horny bear down there. So we're talking about SCOBY, which is being renamed to SCOBY Mobile from SCOBY Social. And the reason is that David dropped the alpha about SCOBY Mobile uh, developing the app on the new Solana phone. And it's going to be part of the ecosystem of Solana phone. And that SCOBY Mobile is going to be uh, having the environment for low code, no code environment for projects, creators, um, businesses, whomever, to, to be able to use this environment to build their own projects on the phone natively within the SCOBY open source and the, the social crypto syndication protocol, or the SCOBY protocol, social crypto syndication. And the first project that we're hitting the road with is the Hellbenders DAO or Die project. And some of you may have seen that. Uh, I think Kit pinned it up above, but the DAO or Die is taking the proof of concept from SCOBY protocol and bring it into reality with this DAO. The DAO is actually a Colorado co-op, which means that it, it if you if you hold a, a hellbender, you are now part of the co-op. You're part of the you know it's not just a here's you're, you're part of the project. Um, you know you're actually part of the co-op. So uh, with that being said, I want to throw questions out to the group. Yes, Kit, you saw your hand first. Go ahead now.
0: Oh, I had a question for you and Moto, if you don't mind. I'm sorry again that I've been a little bit absent. I usually run these spaces on Thursday because I have some personal stuff going on in the background. I'm tending to children. Um, you got but- a
3: bon- you got a bonfire. I see the fire. Looking- <laughs> you,
0: you definitely- we uh, well, it's kind of nice today, and I'm cleaning up some brush. Uh, we had a windstorm and a snowstorm and all that fun stuff, and it just dead trees but uh, the question i had was you guys got you already talked about the app the technology behind it you know probables and you know the creation of a DAO with your uh with your project with the hellbenders but for people that are used want to utilize because it's live right now it's a download off the app store whether you're on android or on apple on scoby uh, what is the, what type of functionality do people have just, if they're not creators, if they're not um, coders or developers and they just want to utilize it? Could you can you give a walkthrough on that?
2: Yeah, well, the first thing we'd like people to do is mint this free SCOBY path and do that as an in-app mint. Um, if you do click the link of, at, at the top, and it's not on the first one, but it's a part of that thread, you'll go to hellbenders.live. And we're actually putting together there a whole creator's kit, which with a lot of videos and other things that really show you how to use these apps and get the most out of them. But the bottom line is, behind the scenes of chat threads and live audio video and communities and some of the stuff that you can do on the app, there's a protocol that rewards you for sharing tokens. So if you like, for example, hellbenders, and you want to be part of it, you cannot mint a hellbender unless you have in your wallet a project pass or a social token. And the only way to get the first one is from somebody already has one. So it starts this chain of so let's say kit went on SCOBY and minted a Scoby path. She can then airdrop to all of her followers Scoby tokens. With a Scoby token, you can then mint a hellbenders Pass, you can mint a hellbender you can mint any of these other projects that are going to be coming into the scoby ecosystem and the people who shared those tokens will get rewarded so for example on hellbender 666 or hellbenders revival which is a collection of 666 nfts if your friend who you've given a token to mints one, you get 40% of the mint price. So that of that $200, you would get 80 bucks. Um, And those are the kinds of experiments we're running. But of course the utility, the fun is in the interaction of the NFTs or tokens and the app itself. So for example, Rob's written a game that's currently a physical card game, it's really fun to play, called Versus Infected. Well, if you're holding one of those cards or an NFT for that deck, within the app environment, you're going to be able to play the game. Um, The big thing with this Hellbenders release we're doing, um, when you take your NFT and you bring it, It's a new collection called Hellbender's Revelation. When you bring it into the app or you're holding your wallet and you connect the app wallet, all kinds of things are going to happen in terms of rewards. If you're holding a particular one, you might get $10,000 or you might get a trip to a hacker house or you might get um, a SCOBY phone. So that's just an example. And then... Over time, these games and you know all kinds of things. I mean, if the honey bears, uh, mad honey bears, want to say okay, within Scoby, all mad honey bears, you know, you'll suddenly see a button on your bear, and when you push that, some cool thing's going to happen. You know, whether it's a game or you get shipped some sort of CBD, honey, or, you know, whatever the, whatever you want to do, it's what we're really focusing on is the interaction between the tokens and the apps and that environment. So right now there's not a lot you can do. I mean, you can make friends, you can, um, you can, and you can set up your own token gated communities. Um, you can set up your own token gated, uh, live audio video sessions. What I'd really like is for, you know, for people to start doing more and more of those, but I don't think those are really gonna happen in earnest until we we get the Saga phone out into the market. But definitely come on board and start playing with it all because there is is a lot of cool stuff that's happening in the app right now. Well,
3: Dave, I'm gonna start doing a, a weekly, I guess, like like Kit has her different Web three starter pack, and get a couple of folks here have their own spaces they run every week. So I was going to start a weekly on um, on Scopey called Ask the Doctor, and it's going to be like a, a a technical corner into you know for developers if they're having trouble with you know some one of the projects uh, you know. So I I was going to start doing that, and 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 the thing is, you know, we we do it through the gate, but we. Can we also do it, just leave it open so people can just come on in? Is that still possible?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's up to you. So, for any of these projects, you can, you know, if your project is called Ask the Doctor, you can have it open, which means anyone can join, closed, which means you have to be holding um, a particular token or lots of them. You can say this is for Mad Honey Bears and actually not Mad Honey Bears. Right now, it's only ones that are on Solana. But you could pick five or six collections, and if it's closed, you can say, or if you're invited by me, or exclusive, which means you have to be holding those. You can do them as listed, which means anyone gets to even know about them, or secret, which means only if you're holding um, a particular thing, you can even know about it. So yeah, there's a lot of possibility. Like uh, squeeze there, squeeze taxes. You know, he could have sessions for just his clients or he could have open sessions and for just his clients all he would need to do is you know send them all um an nft and then they would have to get in he could even market his thing saying hey you you, you get to be a client if you mint this um so we're really hoping for a lot and again we really just released it and I mean we just got a lot of things working just because of all the app store crap. So um, it is brand new, but I definitely encourage everybody to, uh, to hop in and start playing around and getting familiar.
0: So one of the questions I have is to utilize SCOBY, the original um, legacy token, I guess I can call it, is the hellbenders DAO. And in order to utilize and create your own tokens for, you know, token gating, I guess you can call it. You have to have the hellbenders and minting process and so forth. Why, why did you go with the theme for hellbenders? And I, I, I love visiting your website. Um, had a few people take a look at it and just get a few of like face value opinions over it. Um, I, I love the biker theme. As well as the whole, on um, you know, nuance of uh, an anarchist uh, degenerate feel. But why did you guys go with that?
2: That's a good question. Um,
0: you know, it's something that just early on when I first saw
2: NFTs, it just kept coming back to me. So hellbenders are, and Scoby. If you look at Scoby Social, our website, you'll see it's just super friendly and inviting and all that. Um, I just, I do ride a motorcycle. I'm in West Virginia. I've always been something of a rebel and hellbenders are these salamanders. They're huge. They're up to five pounds, two feet long. They live in really fast moving water. They've been around for 150 million years where humans have been around for, you know, a hundred thousand (laughs) years, you know, a couple hundred thousand years. Um, back to the Hill comments from Sigoni. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, it kept coming back to me, like people are really into these PFPs and animals. I spent four years on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, helping medicine men, you know, supporting them in ceremony, sun dancing, doing vision quests. And I, one of my mentors four arrows um, we were doing these workshops together and there's just something there was something about that particular animal and the name and the fact that they're threatened by climate change and coal barons you know digging up their uh, turf and loggers and expansions, I just had this idea of, you know, what you have so many different derivative monkeys and sorry, honey bears, but derivative bears projects and derivative, you know, all of these charismatic megafauna, as they call them. Um, I just wanted this really ugly, you know, the least charismatic it, it just made sense. They're like hell hell's angels, Hellbenders, you know? And then what was really cool is I was up in New York for NFT NYC and I met uh, Miko Gattuso who's played mouse on euphoria and he's actually a Latin King. Like he's still part of that gang, which is notorious. Um, and I started you know, this very successful actor. We started having all these conversations. He loved the idea of hellbenders. So he's one of our honoraries. And it's just, I like this idea of the really like brutal exterior, you know, this, because the people who put up these fronts, like the punk rockers, when I was, um, you know, back in rock against Reagan and, um, you know, all the, the dead Kennedys played that. And there were all the, um, you know, 4th of July smoking weed on the, on the Capitol grounds. Um, I just wanted that vibe. And cause that vibe, the whole purpose of it is to keep away the suits and that idea of to live outside the law. You, you must be honest. So it just seemed like a world that I wanted to live in just like, Burning Man I went to Burning Man I stopped in 2004 again that's how old I am but um, you know being an old school burner it's like I just wanted to create the world I wanted to live in and Hellbenders just represented that
3: world right now for me and don't forget the artists of Hellbenders David can you uh, give a little, little yeah
2: really good point So Nat Jones is again a really old friend from back in the DC scene. A really good friend of mine, um, Steve Niles, who did the comic book Forty Days of Night or Thirty Days of Night, which became a great horror movie about vampires that go to Alaska because hey, you get a whole month of night, you know, to prey on on stupid humans in Alaska. Um, But he was the illustrator of that. He's illustrated Spawn, and you know, I told him the idea, and he was like fuck yeah and he he started drawing he like he was like this was the easiest thing I've ever done like these characters like they speak to me you know I get it you know they like it was totally fun so we got this amazing illustrator on board um, for a share of the the mint as soon as we do that and um, yeah so that's been really fun to work on
0: now, one of the things is your hellbenders. Like personally, for me, if I was to present the technology and talk it up with a lot of friends, unfortunately, I'm also I'm not as old as you two, but I'm of an older generation, and my siblings are the same or even older. We grew up a very um, church-oriented family, and when I you know i can reel them in with the tech talk because they know my background but if i show them like oh you got to buy this nft that says 666 (laughs) that that's another story uh i was just wondering if you're going to have anything else uh, mintable that's associated with the dow but um more more artwork so uh expanding
2: yeah well that's a great question well so we wanted this to be you know for a specific thing. I mean, this is just sort of my own project. You can get into, and we want other projects, like, you know, um, there's a group called uh, the Decent Company that's doing something just extremely different. Oh, there's one that's super wholesome. Um, you could look up called uh, ZB from this company, Something uh, AI, I'm blanking on the name. Um, but there are going to be a lot of different projects and a lot of different ways in. Um, and right now, you know, all you need to do is mint a uh, free Scoby pass. And yeah, we we would love all kinds of different things. So this was Hellbenders was meant. Like what I found is, if you try and go for a big audience, you're not going to get anyone. I mean, there there was actually a. Um, when we did our early tests way back, you know, 18 months ago, um, there were quite a few evangelical Christian groups who said they want to do things on this platform. And I still think they're going to do that at some point. So I, it's just not up to me to do things that appeal to everybody. And I just, you know, I I don't know if I would be good friends with your relatives who are, um, you know, uh, so they probably don't want to be in my sessions anyway. So I guess the answer is, yeah, we want a thousand flowers to bloom and hopefully there'll be a million different projects with all kinds of different, uh, you know, takes on life. And probably even some, I have a very good friend who happens to be a Q conspiracy theorist, you know, way, way down the rabbit hole, and he'll probably bring his friends in to create all kinds of hell, but um, I'm probably not going to (laughs) join those particular communities
0: understandable i mean it's trying to curate something but as far as uh mainstreaming something for the general masses and then individual projects can build onto it and just a, a general topic to throw out there for discussion and by the way i don't get along with my own family members so it's okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah i don't think any of us will yeah, so, so you know the, the hellbenders is, is at this point is is a proof of, of a concept, and also, you know, it's it's one of the first, you know, as a real DAO that has a tie. And, and David, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't know if any other DAO has actually, you know, put a legal structure behind them like this. And so this is this is a. Um, you know, a social experiment of we're creating the world that we want to create. And the game within the Hellbenders is, is going to be extremely unique. There's no other game like this that I've seen. Um, you know, I, I've seen the, the Battle Rabbits where you go through and you do their little personality test and they say, you are a, like I did it, I'm a Viking, uh, duh. We we kind of know my personality. What am I in the, in the Hellbenders world? I'm the Defender. Are 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 the uh, uh, what's the what's the opposite? Defend, destroyer. You know, so so that's the shadow of it. And, and the game itself is is meant that you go through and you ask. It's going to ask you questions. It is built on Carl Jung and uh, um, dealing with the the depth psychology. And so your character that you create within the Hellbenders universe is actually you. And so it it does your, your, your personality traits. And so tasks will be given to you by the AI to help you become better. You like David, I redid the test. My empathy is the same. It's like 25. That's freaking low. (laughs) Doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I don't know how to show I care or no, I really don't care. And, And it's it. So I have to become a more caring person and, and, you know, that that's part of this game is is how do I become better me. So the Hellbenders, you're you're creating this universe, you're creating this ecosystem of of people that you want to be around. You're doing things that you wanna do. First Clubhouse is gonna be in West Virginia, right? At that warehouse, Dave. The first clubhouse? Yeah, it's gonna be at the warehouse in West Virginia. Um
2: possibly. for Hellbender? Well, what's really interesting, since you mentioned DAOs, there's actually this, there is a DAO, which is doing things extremely similarly. I think everybody should look at it. It's called Solana Spaces. And we're actually talking about doing a clubhouse Solana space in D.C., but also putting clubhouses in all the Solana spaces around the world. So we'll see. I mean, we definitely want to get, the idea behind this is that people will have, local chapters, local groups. There's a big group in New York already forming. Um, and I really think that's important, is for people to share these things IRL. Like, Sagona, you were talking about these big festivals, you know, Burning Man and um, Coachella. Coachella. You know, yeah, yeah my, my kids go to, um, what's that one in Tennessee? Uh, mm, Bottero? Yeah, Bonnaroo. Yeah, um, they go to Firefly. They go to others. I mean, I used to do rainbow gatherings, even you know, way back. And you should go to... with them. Yeah, I know. I know. You should um, take
1: them to Electric Forest. It is fucking beautiful.
2: Is that at Bonnaroo? Is that a different one? I no, second Electric Forest. Electric forest, forest. Is up, in, um,
1: is up in I think it's in Michigan. I forget what what okay. state it's in. But cool. imagine Burning yeah, well, Man, but not not in Burning Man, not in the not on the playa. It's in a forest.
2: No, that's great. I mean, I loved Rainbow Gatherings because they were in forests. You know, I'm I'm a big forest person. I live in the woods, so that's great. No, thanks for that uh, that tip. I'm definitely going to take them this summer. But what I kept thinking is, why are these the exception? Why do people have to go and leave their homes and leave their jobs and whatever and go to these places where they're suddenly free? And I really do. I know this is totally idealistic and blah, blah, blah. But my belief is sometime in the future, it's going to be just like how we look back at the Middle Ages and all the superstitions and how people, you know, the earth was flat and there are dragons and you're going to fall off and the earth and the sun moves around the earth people are going to look back at this time and say, what the fuck were those people thinking? Didn't they know that everybody is all just different aspects of the same being? And didn't they know that when they dream at night, they're actually communicating with each other and that they can actually talk to plants and, you know, that um, their ancestors really actually are in the stars and, you know, like, what idiots? And I just want right now, as soon as possible for those people who actually do get it, to find a place where they can create that beachhead and slowly change the rest of culture and the rest of society. So that's that's really the core project that's behind all of this. I mean, it's, it's just... And what, what I found, like from working with all these medicine men, working with Four Arrows, who's you know, coached to world champion athletes, people talk about self-sovereignty, but it's not the money you spend. It's not decentralization. Self-sovereignty ultimately comes from self-mastery. And self-mastery is not something you can achieve on your own. It's only something you can achieve in dialogue with a whole bunch of other people. Like Rob and I going to, you know, a cafe, and we couldn't be more different in terms of our upbringing and, you know, all kinds of things. But we find ways to connect with each other and co create that's just magical. And we want, we want everybody who wants to in this life, you know, it might take them a couple different lifetimes before they get there, but we just want as many people as possible to experience genuine self-sovereignty, which I didn't experience until I Sundance for four days and got pierced in the chest and was tied to a tree, you know, and finally pulled myself off the tree, ripping the flesh off my chest and I understood What it means to be a two legged in this world and in any moment have the possibility of making any choice. People just aren't taught that anymore. Like Sigoni, you got your hand up.
1: Yeah, I just was thinking um, I'm the black sheep in my family because. Like, look, I'm a my my friends and like my my community, uh, consider me a shaman, and like that's not something that like I regularly throw out into the space. Uh, like the the reason that I get that title is because I put myself in uh, informational danger so that I can bestow the answer to the people around me. That is what is safest for them, right? Uh, conditionally or or I don't know. Mentally, universally, in so many ways, humanity. That's thanks, man. Like, humanity, humanity. Like okay. So my favorite, my favorite way of like perceiving time is how, uh, is how Merlin's mind is described, where he sees, uh, time forward the way that we see time in the past. He does not remember the past, but he sees the future the way that we perceive our our thoughts and memories of, of like of like before. Humanity doesn't understand how to see the future they're barely capable of like being present in the present even though it is the present right so it's that's the gift like we're we're here but we can dwell and we can just and we can like dissect the past all day like how many times I mean, we see it on we see the tv how many times are we like oh i wish i lived in the dark ages it's like no the fuck you don't you absolutely don't if the dark ages were dirty and filthy you likely would have died uh how you know I wish I, would, I wish I was a Spartan. No no you don't. Like you don't wish you were a Spartan. If I was a Spartan, they would have chucked my ass off of the mountain because I have allergies. Like I would not have been able to sustain existing in, in a Spartan society. It's like I'm very perfectly happy and content here. If anything, um, and I've been told this by a lot of like uh you know cool cats and OGs and old heads that like I was born in the wrong time. I should have been born in like like the fifties. Like my, my my life cycle would have been better in this in the seventies so and I completely fucking agree. But it's not the case. I got to like, I'm um, trying to bring you back up, a little bit, but like the uh, the Twitter space is really, is really killing it. So if you, if we can't bring you up, just leave the space and come back and it'll it'll likely reset it. This is, this is an error that's been happening on, um, on Twitter for like the last week or so.
0: Yeah. Usually Twitter spaces, when I run them as host, I run them for about an hour to an hour and a half. Anything after that, there's a lot of glitches. Um, I'm gonna just keep the space going for general conversations at this point in time, just because it's a good momentum. If people oh, yeah. like to stay or add in or chime in with a speaker, please jump up. Um, well, I'm
3: uh, leaving here short. I got something else going down. Uh, before yeah. I go, is the, are there any other questions? Sorry to jump on you, Seth, but I, I just want to make oh, sure yeah, that some of the audience doesn't have something else they want to to, to bring
5: up. Nothing.
1: Did I rug? No, I can. I can hear you. I was just. Uh, I was DMing Moto uh, to close Twitter. but it's sit for like 10, 20 seconds, and then open it back up, and that should fix it. There's like a thing where like it keeps you in the previous space. You got me, man. So that when you try to come back up, it doesn't. There goes. There it goes. So
2: I, I would like to say one quick thing. So Sigoni, um, yeah. that term, um shaman like one thing on the on the pine ridge indian reservation like the the medicine men all called themselves ikche wichacha and they would you know people would you know newcomers tourists on the reservation would be like oh he's an ikche wichacha that's like the most
1: i learned that from x files by the way yeah
2: that that that's the most powerful um you know person you can be And it actually directly translates to ordinary two-legged, you know, just ordinary person. You know, Wakasa Wakan is like the sacred one, which they never use among themselves. So I took this term map shifter, which I use to describe people who are just like you described yourself, that they have found an ability to, shift their own map and shift the maps of others, but it doesn't sort of get into that territory. And one other thing on this, just to really relate to what you were saying, the best advice I ever got, I mean, I used to have all these diagnoses, you know, pretty much, you know, acute psychotic episodes, bipolar disorder, blah, 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 kept winding up in hospitals and all that. And I went to a workshop. This was 19... 92 91 with uh michael harner who wrote the book the way of the shaman he was a anthropologist who worked with a lot of different rainforest people and i had a conversation with him where i told him about all these experiences you know time traveling you know all the shit that was happening and how i kept winding up in in hospitals and he said oh well, that's just a vision quest. Next time, don't do it in a major metropolitan area. And I was like, okay, like that was the clue. That's why I went out to the reservation and started doing all these things. So, um, And that's why I live in the woods by the river of West Virginia. And once I started that stuff, and my wife can testify to this, I've been married 28 years now. As soon as I started practicing indigenous medicine, um, all... Everything went away because what became clear was all of those messages I was getting made sense. Like it didn't make sense in the dominant hegemonic world, but once you're on the other side, you know, and you have help and you start learning how to interpret them and incorporate them and embody them. Um, one of my friends said, instead of being possessed by archetypes you're then guided by archetypes so my belief from my own experience is everything that we identify as a mental illness you know is just we just don't really know how to process and interpret these really important messages that are you know available to everybody but we've unfortunately just been trained in this industrial educational system
1: Dude, you're spot on, and you totally get it. And a funny thing that I tell my friends sometimes is that, like, Merlin had ADHD. Merlin was exactly. uh, on, the, on the autism spectrum. Like, I, I firmly believe that. And people laugh at me when I say that, but I'm like, look, I can tell you all day this is what's going to happen, and when I tell you why it's happening, you would be like, well, yeah, of course you're saying that it's happening. It's like, no, dude. I journal things, and then they have it, and I show my friends, because now because they, they didn't believe me. And, like, same same goes for, like, company conversations and shit. Like, it took me 20-something years to get to a point where, like, I no longer have to, like, beg you to listen to me. People are just like, hey, man, I need 10 minutes of your time. I need you to, like, problem solve this. It's like, okay, what's the problem? And, like, two minutes later, there's a solution. It's because, like, I, I, can, I have so much experience in so many things that I've been interested in over time that I've been able to, like, figure out more in more detail the, the solution that I would take that would make the most amount of sense for whatever time period that like they haven't even considered that their, their problem is, is going to exist in. And that just gets better. Like as I get older, it just gets better and better. But I wanted to ask you, when did you move to the forest? Because I've been a city person most of my life. And in the last, I would say six or eight years, I have been, I don't dream. It's weird. but I've been, I've been feeling nothing more than wanting to be like out in a place where like I can taste the air uh, and, and not have a taste like uh, soot and death. Like, i live in i live in los angeles now and i came down here for the heat which was a good bad idea and a bad good idea but being here and being free and being happy in the place like that i love being just still i still want to be around nature like even if it's dry and hateful nature but, like i want to be around nature. i want to be in trees i want to be in joshua tree i want to be in i don't know in the mountains like i hate the cold but, like i'll deal with it but like i haven't had that i haven't been compelled to think that way ever in my life ever ever like i hated i hate I hated. Nature. i didn't hate nature but I hated living in a place where I wasn't always seeing people and always hearing commotion. And to to kind of like touch base, touch on something that you said about uh, when, people, when we go to sleep, we communicate with each other. I don't sleep at night because I don't like talking to people in dreams. They're boring. I sleep during the daytime sometimes or like the middle of the day when everyone else is working. Because at night when it's quiet because everyone else is talking to each other in, on a different realm, I can actually get shit done. Because my brain is so full of just
2: like, just a constant like rush of like noises and sounds like
1: everything. It's, it's just, uh, well, it's monstrous. Let's,
2: let's take, so yes, you should be a hellbender. You are a hellbender. And uh, let's take, so I moved out to the woods 28 years ago, but I don't know if this part of the conversation is going to be super interesting to everybody. Um, but it really is. I mean, th- this is the main thing I learned on the reservation, you know, nature is everything. And it's, um, I just knew I had to be here, um, and we moved out when I had we had our first child, and I just said I want free range children. You know, we live right on the river; they can just walk down the driveway and hop in the river, and you know that's how they grew up. And now they're in their twenties, and I have a grandson, and it just there is nothing more important for people who are super sensitive um to have that deep connection deep everyday connection with the flying nation and the swimming nation and the standing nation and and all the the rock people and the star people you know it's just it's what nurtures our souls so i recommend it highly everybody but the skinwalkers right yeah (laughs) Um it looks like Chef um, you know, Chef Rouge hopped onto the speakers. So um you probably had something to say.
6: Uh hey everyone. Yeah, I actually uh Kit invited me uh online, but um I actually uh was curious if uh uh either of you guys uh just talking have uh read um The Law of One, uh like the raw material, um, and or Dolores Cannon. Um Those uh, are two of my, well, Dolores Cannon is an author, but um, she writes a lot about um, consciousness. She's a a hypnotherapist. She does like past life regression therapy. And um, a lot of the past life regressions she's done have been people who, uh, uh, sometimes this is their first lifetime on earth. um, But a lot of people um, who have incarnated here from other planets Um, essentially to help with the transition that we're going through right now. Um, And the Law of One uh, correlates with a lot of that information. Um, But I was actually just posted something a few days ago uh, from the Law of One on uh, Wanderers. Um, They're essentially souls who incarnate here um, from like higher densities of consciousness to help with the evolution of Earth. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. Um. And uh, one common theme in uh, Dolores Cannon and the Law of one and some other um, works is that uh, the earth is transitioning to the next level of consciousness um, and that some of the souls, the beings that have incarnated here to help with the transition um, usually have some sort of like handicap, whether that's like a personality disorder or um, allergies is really common. Um, I know a lot of people with allergies and um, and people on the autism spectrum, um, essentially both in Dolores Cannon and the law of one, they say that uh, people who are on the anti- autism spectrum are usually from uh, another planet or another like place in the universe where, and they've come here um, really for the the next, to experience the next level of consciousness that we're moving into. Um, Dolores Cannon calls it the new earth and in um, the law of one, they call it fourth density. Um, but it's actually. It's, i have
3: going to have the bell. So um, this, the conversation went from uh, Scobie Hellbenders and now we're into I'm a physicist, so you guys are at your own plane of existence. My reality is somewhere else. Not that I disagree with you because David and I have this conversation a lot. I'm just – I'm a computer programmer. I'm on my own spectrum, and uh, I just don't – anyway, I've got another (laughs) (laughs) –
0: Thank you so much for popping in. I appreciate you and everybody else that popped in. I'm just going to give a 15-minute warning, roughly. Uh, I did plan on holding space about an hour and a half. We're going on two hours and a half, and well, you I know do. I can talk. Did well, we
3: answer all the Scoby questions before I roll? Because I want to make sure. It's, and and we're, we're good,
2: Rob. Rob, you should go because I, I want to. I, I think we should tie a bow on what Chef Ronan brought in, and um, yeah, if there is Scoby stuff, I can handle that. So why don't, And we, it's only fifteen minutes, so you you are awesome. That. Yeah.
3: Uh, good, because um, I've, I've got to do this again in, in fifteen minutes. So, <laughs> okay. go high not high not high. This, not this, but um, Scoby. <laughs> right. so.
0: yeah, I, I, I still I, love you guys. I still love you, you doc. I, I, I love no- the the Scooby talk, and I also love the talk where we're getting to know the characters. You know, us as a people, and going into yeah, different I mean, directions. It's honestly the important part
2: you know, that's, that's the whole thing. It's, it, it is about the people. Um, the one thing, so Chef Rouge with those books, and I haven't read them. I just, you know, jot them down and I just Googled them. So I'm, I'm going to look at them. Um, I mean, I have read a ton. I was a philosophy major in college and I first sort of discovered that world of past lives and, Um, the evolution of humanity from my grandmother's bookshelf when I was, I don't know, nine or 10. Um, She had Edgar Cayce on there and all the others. And she was very um, much of an intuitive. She had, and she would tell people all the time, like she would have dreams about um, things that would happen and then they would happen the next day and, you know, all documented. And, um, but what was really interesting, I used to fly out to Rapid City or Sioux Falls and drive to the Rosebud Reservation Was there was this guy, Albert Whitehat, he's written a really amazing book, um, called Zuma, but he started the Lakota Studies Department at Sinte University, and someone told me that, you know, he always hung out at the, um, at the casino there in Rosebud. So I drive to the casino and I would buy him a, you know, he'd be at the slot machines and I buy him a big steak dinner and we talk. And I would ask him questions about these things that were to me mysteries. And at some point he just said to me, nephew, the thing you need to understand is there is no mystery. And, it was the same kind of thing, you know, with that Zen koan of first there's a mountain and then there is no mountain. And then there is, and all the things you're talking about that sound very esoteric. um, They're really just basic. I mean, now I drink ayahuasca fairly frequently and that, just mother ayahuasca just takes you to the other side and you see how everything operates and you know you can talk to all those beings and understand how it is and you know 4 or 5 hours later you're back and i just i think what people talk about as the great turning is just that it's just the going back to and going forward to just that basic understanding of it's not a mystery it's just we've been trapped in this stupid just brain dead prison that started with you know romulus founding rome and then killing merlin and all the druids and you know everywhere there was genuine wisdom um well that wasn't productive that didn't you know That didn't feed the empire. Um, So ultimately, I mean, that's just the reality of it. We're all living in this crazy, dystopian, revaluation of all values world. And there are just some people, um, and a lot of people, and more and more people all the time, who are waking up. And it's disorienting (laughs) waking up. And that's, again, that's why I did Hellbenders separately from SCOBY because my thought is Hellbenders is going to appeal to those people who are, have managed to liberate themselves from the machine. So my recommendation to you guys is um, go ahead, hop on SCOBY, mint yourself a free pass, and I really hope you become um, real guides and organizers in the in the emerging Hellbenders world. Who did the art for Hellbenders? Um, his name's Nat Jones. Uh, Spawn? Yeah, he did Spawn. Mm-hmm. He, he illustrated that for years.
1: Do they have owls?
2: Um, I actually do have an owl. So what we're doing, the reason you, ha- you see the... Um, uh, my eagle is we, we're doing something with thug birds so we're bringing thug birds into this universe we could also bring mad honey bears into this universe and others um, but we actually do have a very cool owl that's part of this universe and I can definitely get you an honorary owl
1: you, you would be I cannot tell you what that means to me but I will text it to you because I can't say it on, the, on recorded spaces
2: alright awesome
1: but it's been phenomenal talk to talk to you, Kit. Thank you for hosting. Uh, Shep, thanks for coming up. Ruben, I've been trying to get you up in here, but maybe next time. Because you are one of the most fantastic, and not just fantastic, but very, very interesting human beings on this planet. Um, and Moto, Dave, thank you for the time and the effort that you put into the life that you've lived to get to this point so that we can experience it with you. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I've learned an absolute shit ton of information today, uh, part of my English. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the little caveats and aspects of like what what you built. Um, I, I dove into it a little bit. I'm going to dive into it a little bit more. Um, I will. Do I have to have a Solana wallet for this? I feel like this is one of the questions that that should have been asked. But do yeah. I have to have a Solana wallet? What do you recommend? You do. Uh,
2: just grab Phantom. It's the only one we've integrated oh, okay. with because okay, it's cool. the first one that Phantom. had deep links. Yeah. Cool. So, um, but we're gonna can I go through
1: the DApp on cool. Phantom and uh, and download through there, or do I have to do it on browser?
2: Um, just it's all mobile, right? It has to be after. mobile. Okay. The, no, uh, no, I have
1: Phantom. It's already built in. I'm just wondering if I have to, yeah. if I can go through the app that's inside of Phantom, because I don't or, use my Phantom wallet very often.
2: You, you'll see. What I really okay. recommend is everybody just go to hellbenders.live and just put in your name and your email address, and I'm going to be communicating with everybody and really building out this content. And I would love. Kit and Sigoni and chef and, you know, everybody else, um, as you're having experiences, let's stay in touch. I I really want to get you all into the core of the experience as people who were much less familiar with any of these concepts start bumping up against it. Um, That's ultimately how this is going to work. And because of the protocol um, you guys are going to wind up being OGs, and hopefully, really well supported by the whole ecosystem. Definitely yes, final.
0: I I appreciate you popping in here. I love this second half to talking about you know AMAs of Scoby, but just kind of going in to understand. Each individual, our background, just making small talk like we're friends and we've known each other for a long time because that's what spaces are about. I am going to turn this recording to two halves, though, for keeping everything segregated. One is for the technical sides of the uh, becoming a publisher, yada yada, and Scoby. And the second half is just getting to know each individual. If you like this rec- uh, recording, the space currently, please make sure you follow individuals that were speakers. And even the one down there named Ruben that has not spoken yet, uh, creeping, he is a really good person to troll.
2: You're awesome, kit. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: <laughs> but if anybody I'm gonna close out the space. I'm gonna do closing statements and starting with Sagoni, Moto, and then Chef Rouge. I always say it wrong. Chef <laughs> Rouge, not rogue. Sorry about that. I know I know better. a so closing statements, oh, sir. Oh, sorry.
1: I was waiting for you to do your closing statement. I'm like, all right, she's gonna, she's gonna do it now. Oh,
0: I That's never talk me. on my behalf.
1: Oh, wait, wait. I'm making closing statements on your behalf.
0: Yes. Remember, you're my embodiment.
1: Uh, all right. Closing statements are: be kind, rewind yourself, your clock, and time. Uh, cross the street when the light is white or green, but not when it's red. And don't get hit by a fucking car. Thanks for coming.
0: Beautiful.
2: That was fabulous. Uh, Chef, go to.
6: Yeah, I just want to say uh, it's nice to meet you all. And um, I appreciate um, chatting with you today.
0: Thank you, Chef, for popping up. And Moto? Well,
2: All I really want to say is I really love you guys, everybody who's here. And I really want to become best friends with everybody who's listening to this recording. So please join me on SCOBY and let's create a whole new world together.
0: And if anybody wants to further delve into knowing uh, who Moto is, Dave, go ahead and check out the pin tweet. And I will have uh, pin uh, handles for Twitter links and their Scobie social. He has live videos with himself and uh, interviews with other creators. So everybody, thank you for coming in and take care.
1: Thanks all. Thank you, kid.